been working on uh, more Sabbath school lessons. And some are easier to do and some are a little harder to do. And uh, so I've got some on uh, the Ten Commandments and I've got some on the Sabbath and I've got some on this. And then we'll change topics and keep going. Um, <laughs> while I was at it, I started getting into too much here. I got about six pages minimum in this notebook of things that should happen or would be nice to happen in Sabbath school, in, yeah, in Sabbath school lessons. And uh, the thought was to have uh, lessons uh, about the Ten Commandments, but then what about every one of the Ten Commandments? Well, that makes ten lessons, doesn't it? Or Well, I tried not. <laughs> I had thought maybe I could put three lessons in one group and uh, you know, then the Sabbath and then another three and then another three or so. And, uh, but uh, this one worked out to be pretty well one sermon, which will be more or less one lesson in the Sabbath school lesson. But in the Sabbath school lessons, we can stack them together and we just get as far as we get and then change subjects or, or wait for the next week. You know, we don't have to finish one of them. So uh, a couple of weeks back, I preached the first part of uh, uh, the laws before Moses. So we talked about some things there, the disobedience and the sacrifice and the, uh, oh, and uh, I always got, uh, I, I wrote that in here special, I know, but now I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Potiphar's problem uh, in the Old Testament, but I made myself a special note. Oh yes, there it is, right? The third thing I talked about the last time, the, fir the first time I ran through Potiphar, um, I didn't mean to go back through him and then I got him wrong <laughs> both times. Uh, but I, uh, it's a very interesting story. I guess what I was getting at is when I want you to be interested in these laws and these things, how did God handle things before Moses? And you get into Moses and you get into the wilderness and it, it seems like drudgery through the story. And then they didn't go into, into the promised land when they were supposed to, and then you get 40 years drudgery, one step after the next kind of. But um, it's still all good reading and there's all good examples through all of those things that we need to know about. What was sin in their day? What did, what did they call sin? And um, in Genesis 26 verse 5, uh, about God's statutes and judgments and commandments and um, and, it, and if we would do those things, let him take charge of us. We ran into it this past Sabbath school lesson just today without anybody knowing that somebody else had already decided to say something. <laughs> so I won't belabor that one too long. But then the uh, last time I spoke on the same kind of topic, I called it part number two, the laws before Moses because there were so many things that showed God's continuity in how he handles situation, what he expects of us, God's laws. And um, so I made myself uh, go through another one of those and gave you lots of things there. Um, uh, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for the sin is the transgression of the law, was in 1 John 3 and verse 4. I wanted to be sure that we knew that one and memorized that one uh, to be ready when people ask about what is sin. And, and then the verse again, 
uh, where Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my laws. Those kind of words, they were long before Moses. You can't blame that on Moses. (laughs) Which uh, some... uh, people do and they talk about the law oh that's moses you know we don't we don't want moses uh but you're wrong it was well before moses um and then the situations with the money and uh whether they stole something or not that was uh, joseph's brothers that went to egypt for for um, food uh, they called it corn but it may have been the kernels of any grain that they were talking about because that's another translation of the, of the word um, corn. Um, there's even a, a song for Thanksgiving about the corn. And it actually is the kernel, the grain of whatever you're talking about. Uh, interesting to watch for that. Anyway, the keeping of the laws again, keeping of the Sabbath before Mount Sinai. And uh, so I, I just brought these along to say I haven't forgot where I got to with them. <laughs> and uh, want to be sure that we stay on tra- on task. So today I called the sermon Observing the Ten Commandments. Well, it's not going to be observing all ten, or this is going to be, uh, you know, late this afternoon. <laughs> but this is going to be basically one commandment. And at first it was so hard to try to get going and to get a few verses, and I kept pleading with God, how do I find all these verses? What what will I do to get them? What memory do I have to have to put a question into the computer so that it'll give me some verses? Well, lo and behold, after a while, (laughs) I started waking up more, I think, too, but was more alert to God's leading. And all of a sudden, I found, oh, yeah, that's right. You can put a, you can get your chapter going there, and then you can press S, control S, and it'll put in Strong's Concordance notes in there, just the numbers, right in your text. Then if you put your cursor in there and you make another request for what's going to be in there with the Strong's again, all of a sudden up pops verses after verses after verses. And they're not, uh, they're not under one title. They're not under one word or two words or three words, you know, a phrase or a single word at a time. These are kind of random verses to do with God's laws. Then I got excited and I was awake. I could work putting this together. This was really fun. So basically that's what I've got for today is to to look at these verses and let you understand how easy it can be to find them. And yet if you don't know the exact way of doing it, it takes a lot of thinking. And I was reminding myself all along while I was doing that When this gets into the Sabbath school class, anybody can suggest another verse or another story that should be added to these. And whenever we're going through these lessons, we do not have to finish one each week. We can take the second week, we can take the third week. (laughs) There's no no stopping point. We can just enjoy the knowledge of the Heavenly Father and the Scriptures. So here's the first commandment. In Exodus 20 in verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Basic statement, you say, well, you know, kind of that's all over the Old Testament. Well, um, before Moses, you know, mainly is what I was hitting at. And uh, I thought, um, how will I find these? Well, 
I pressed a button and there was, I don't know, 275 verses. But oh, oh, oh that won't work Sabbath morning in the pulpit. <laughs> now how do I trim that down? You know, you're trying to find out where did God explain about this? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And lo and behold, those gods are many times named. And we actually should not learn their name. It's good enough to just say, oh yeah, okay. And carry on and carry on, you know. Uh, but they all had names. So that people could come to the children of Israel, any of the family names or any of the tribes, and they could say, okay, there's this God over here that that nation serves. What is your God? What would we answer? What's the name of your God? What's he like? And they could always give a name. Well, we need to know that name, otherwise we could get in trouble and serve the wrong God. Which they did over and over and over. They would, well, we should please the one, the God of water, or the God of this, or the God of that, or the God of rain, or the God of... And they were praying to all these gods. And you say, well, that's only when they were back in the desert, you know. What were the people in Greece doing when Paul was there? They had the gods all around this one hill and they were praying to them all and in case they forgot somebody, they put one god there for the unknown god. And Paul says, let me tell you <laughs> about the unknown god. Yes, right on. So um, these things happen over and over in history of the world, history of uh, nations, Individual countries are named, and they were serving all these various gods. Well, we know better than that. There is one creator, one God, and that's the one we need to be serving. And make sure we know how to refer to him. How do we know how to refer to him? Do we always just say, God? Well, there's other nations that have gods too. And they may ask us, how do you know what your God is? What your God's name is? How do you know that you're serving the right God? It's not that hard, really. <laughs> okay. In uh, Genesis 17 and verse 1, by the way, the, the verses that I'm going to read, I might start sliding just saying in this book of the Bible or in that book of the Bible because I don't want this to, to lose my lunch. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they say the mind can absorb, but the seat can endure. Uh, I want to maintain that as well. <laughs> so that, here's a, here's a verse. In Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, 99 years old, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's in the King James Bible. And that's coming from the YHVH. Yahweh God, that God. So and I mean, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. And that, those words came out in bold because of the way I searched for it. Walk before me. Whoa, that's a command. And be thou perfect. Oh, a lot of people don't want to hear that word. He's not saying, just do your best you can. We'll let you in. No. Something here is very, very important. He's the Almighty God. The YHVH God. The Yahweh God. He's the one that is Almighty. 
Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, if you take up the word perfect and go in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we're told in the New Testament to live perfectly before God as well. So yeah, there's, there's a responsibility in how we walk. And some people say, well, nobody could ever do it anyway. No, nah, that's a cop-out. Do you remember what Paul said? I was, um, I was this and this and this. He was giving his resume. I'm a Pharisee. And he said, perfect. Whoa. It is possible. God expected us to be trying at it. Like the old saying is, aim at nothing, you're bound to hit it. <laughs> we need to aim at perfection and hope we get awful close. And with God's help, we can do it. We can make it. It's not for salvation. Again, I must put that in that we're, we're not uh, serving God in a way that we're buying our salvation. That's, that's not true. Uh, we receive salvation because of the grace of God. But once we know what we've got in hand, wow, why wouldn't we serve him? To the very best of our ability. Yeah. Okay, another one in uh, Genesis 28, verse 13. And behold, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, stood above, uh, above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, and the land thereof thou liest, uh, liest before thee, and I give it thee to be thy seed, and thy seed, and to thy seed. What I'm trying to get from here is not, I'm not telling enough of the story for you to get real interested in that yet, but I'd like you to go back there to Genesis 28 and find out what this is all about. Above what? I believe it's above a sacrifice, above an offering. But I, I don't want to get lost in there. He said, I am the YHVH. I am that God. I am. And that's the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And that's where you're standing right now. That's what God's putting to them. And it's for you and for your seed. So, yes, we should know that, that God. In Exodus 3, verse 6, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face as he was afraid to look upon God. All of a sudden, he realized how much power was in front of him. This God of the universe is talking to me. Yeah. I believe right after that, he said, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And he did. Yeah. Okay. So you want to go back to these stories and, and uh, read the, the circumstances, the before and after part of the story. But here I'm just trying to grab that this is the God that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I remember one time a person told me, I, will, I better not use a name there, but one person told me that when he really wanted to touch God with a circumstance and a situation that he wanted to plead for help or get, or get attention from the Heavenly Father, he prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, it works. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. 
Yes, we need to really understand what our God is, who our God is. In Exodus 15, verse 26, and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and that's the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, not what's in ours, and how we're going to plan out how we're going to serve this God, and um, because of this and that, I have to do this and this for this God. Uh, that's not part of it. Uh, carrying on there. And will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. This is the God that can heal us. We can pray to this God and ask for healing and God helps us and there's all different ways of getting help from God. He might tell us of somebody to talk to. He might send us to the right person. He might have herbs and, uh, and other things already in place. He gave us a fantastic uh, immune system. All he'd have to do is tell him to go and eat this. It's like that young man from, from um, oh, Netherlands. Uh, think of a different name for it, but... Um, Hmm? Holland. Holland, yes. It was a fellow from Holland. He had boils and problems. And uh, he was a little fellow during the war. And he, they took him to a doctor and the doctor said, we have no medicines whatsoever because of the being overrun by the foreign government. And they've taken all of our medicines away and, and so on. It's all gone for war effort. And uh, he said, uh, but I know what will cure you. Go down to the city park and pick the dandelion leaves and uh, heat them in hot water just a little, pour off that water and then put new water on it and heat them up and then eat them. Maybe with butter, whatever you like. And they had little or nothing. Butter? What's that? You know. But he ate those and the boils went away. Wow. I mean, those are things that we need to pass from one generation to another generation. And eating weeds. Oh yeah, dandelions. I ate a lot of uh, um, <laughs> what's that word? <laughs> lamb's quarter. Yes, you got to watch out. There's ones that look alike. I ate quite a bit of lamb's quarter and really enjoyed it. It, it tastes better to me than spinach, but I do like spinach. And then I found out that they're just about twice as good as spinach. <laughs> Why not eat weeds? We were picking them and blanching them and putting them in the deep freeze. Yeah. God gave us good things to eat and gave us ways of finding out what they're good for. And then God will take care of us if we'll do what's right in his eyes. Diligently, it says there, and that we would keep his commandments. And many people in our era say, oh no, don't do anything with the commandments. Forget about those. But that's, it works. This works. And to keep all his statutes. Most people don't even know that there is statutes. We need to know, we need to think about what they are and how to exist with them and without them and what it would be like without them, I guess. And God won't let those diseases get on us. Okay, chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Okay, if you want to line up all the gods, then we're going to take a pick now. And he says, Who, who's like you? 
That's what the question is here. Who is like thee? Glorious and holy in holiness, fearful in praises, and doing wonders. Is there another God like that? If you went through the Egyptian problem and getting out of Egypt, and who could do those kind of miracles? Well, you know the ones that didn't because they failed there in front of their, their Pharaoh. And the Heavenly Father, that was the God of the Hebrews, he was doing a lot of miracles and got them out of there. You know, you take a million people out of, uh, out of Egypt, start off into the desert, a million people? Oh, that was men. So you still had women and children. And all the cattle, where are they going to get a drink of water? Wow. You read those stories. How did they get a drink of water? Sure can't pass the, can't pass the cup or mug down the line, can you? <laughs> it wouldn't be enough. And he fed them with water first off and then all the other things. Uh, so he's the one of miracles, the God of miracles. That's the God that we want to serve, should be serving. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, Thou shalt have none other God before me. No other gods. Before the Heavenly Father. Don't try to put anybody in his place. Or double up, worship two gods. That's, that would be crazy. And Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Whoa, I thought that was New Testament. That's what Jesus said, right? <laughs> he was quoting from here. Okay. To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. And there's another one that uses the mind and, uh, and a third, like four different things to serve God with all, all those. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 14, ye shall not go after other gods the, uh, of the gods of the people which are round about you. Do not go after them. Don't try to find out what they do. Don't go, don't, how do they worship? Don't do those things. Don't learn their ways. Stay out of there is what God is saying to, to the Hebrew people. In Joshua 24 and verse 18, there's a number of verses here that you might want to go back and, and read these afterwards. Um, and the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwell in the land. Uh, therefore will we also serve the Lord, uh, YHV, YHVH, yeah, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. We will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. If we could just hang on to that, and how do you make sure that he is your God and that he's going to stay with you? That's because you're going to behave yourself. You're going to do what he likes. Okay? And the next verse there in Joshua, um, maybe I'll just scan read some of these red lines that I underlined. Joshua talked to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. And he will not forgive your transgressions. He's making him wake up and think about this. He says, do you really realize what kind of God you've got? Oh, you can't do it. You're not going to do good enough. That's kind of what he's getting after them. You're, you're going to fail. You're not going to keep it up. And what was their response? Oh, yes, I, we, we will, we will. Which was good. 
And he said, do you realize he's a holy God? Who are you dealing with? He's not just the afternoon God. He's the 24 hours, 370, 365 <laughs> yeah, days. He's that God. And he's teasing them a little bit. Are you sure that you're going to do what's right? Are you going to stand by and stand faithful? And, and if not, he's not going to forgive your sins. In other words, you can't sin and serve God at the same time. You have to make a choice. Make a decision. The following verse says, to go and stra- instead of serving the Lord, go and serve other gods. You know what will happen? That God of the universe is going to be against you. That's what it says there in verse uh, 20. And he will turn and do you hurt. He's challenging them. Uh, our Heavenly Father is not that kind of a one where he, he looks up ways to get at you and uh, gives you a good scolding, maybe even a beating. And That's not the kind of God we serve, but he's challenging them Do you realize how powerful your God is? Are you really going to do what you say you're going to do? Because he could turn and do you harm. Well, we know he doesn't. But if he left you, where would you be without him? Yeah. Some people say it's the hot spot that rhymes with swell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. The next verse follows... Uh, again, Joshua is teasing the people. Nay, but ye will, uh, the people said, nay, we will serve the Lord. And again, he's challenging him again. Are you sure? And then the next verse says, ye are witnesses against yourselves. Because you are listening to each other talk and you're saying, we're going to do it. We won't let him down. We're going to do what's right. And he says, are you sure? Then they said, uh, we are witnesses. We're witnesses against ourselves. We, we witnessed that we were here and we said this. We're going to do it. Okay. Let's go to another, uh, well, I guess the next verse too. Uh, and the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. That's, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to raise my right hand. I'm going to do something. I like to say that when baptism in the New Testament, when you're going to be baptized, it's signing the contract. Are you really going to do this? That's what he's after here. Are you really going to do this? In Second uh, Kings 17 and verse 29, Howbeit that every nation made gods of their own and put them in the houses of high places uh, which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities within them dwell, that dwell there, which dwell. Everybody is doing their own thing. Every nation has their own gods. You can ask them, you can go and talk with them, uh, or hear about it in the magazines and papers and you could look up the Mayas and find out what, they, what their temples looked like. And oh boy, pretty bad stuff. So it's not good to learn those things. But every nation does it. They have their own. If you go to Japan, we've got Japanese friends. Uh, they go to the morning light and they look towards the sun 
but they're praying to their dead relatives. That's their God. Whoa. All right, we know our God is different. You don't have to look any particular place. Jesus said you don't have to pray in this mountain or that one. Won't need to. Going on down here, the um, this is where it really gets thick. In uh, 2 Kings 17, verse 30, that's just the next verse, it starts naming the countries and the name of their God. Let's not read those, but you can scan read it. How many is there? About six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the next verses. Um, and they burnt their children to their gods. Our Heavenly Father would never think of it. He loves children. He wants to hear the children singing in the streets of Jerusalem. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't fear God. So they made themselves gods or priests. They made priests of the lowliest of them. Oh my goodness. It's not God's way. He wants the best to be done. And they served their gods, the following verse, the manner of the nations. And bad, bad scene. Next verse too. Unto this day, they're still doing the same thing. Yeah. They don't fear God. Still doing the same thing. And ye shall not fear other gods. Ah, that's something different. Nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. These are commandments. They're good for us today, right? Well, this is before the Ten Commandments, right? No, this is in Second Kings. Okay. But we shouldn't do it anyway, right? We should never be serving these other gods and bowing before some other uh, country's gods and serving them and sacrificing unto them. We should never do that. That is the awfulest thing that you could ever think of. The three Hebrew children, they didn't, did they? Well, maybe if our God decides not to save us from this mess, we're still not going to serve another God. Okay. <laughs> That's how we need to be standing. Standing faithful. Um, it, in Psalms, it's surprising the verses in the Psalms. Um, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness. That's one in the Psalms. Another one. Whom uh, have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I, next page, that I desire besides thee. We need to be serving our heavenly Father and praise him by saying, we, we don't want anybody else. We're going to save with, stay with you. There shall no strange God be in thee, Neither shall thou worship any strange God. That's in the Psalms. In Isaiah 26, Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. There are two things are put together. The Lord, which could be the word Adonai, Adonai um, and Jehovah is like YHVH. Or J-H-V-H. Same idea, the sounding of the words, Jehovah. Okay, he's everlasting strength. That's the God we need to serve. And not 
allow any other for ourselves. Just don't don't go there. Don't have any other gods before us. Isaiah 43.10 Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be there, there be after me. This heavenly Father is the one and only God. There was nobody before him, and there's not going to be anybody after him. He's it. Eternal at all times. Wow. So that's, that's the God we, we want to serve. There's a question in Isaiah 44 and verse 8. Um, yes, are you my witnesses? But the answer is right here as well. Is there a God beside me? No. We could look through all of the documents of the Bible and documents of creation and say, there isn't anybody else that's done anything. We can prove that. We can say it just doesn't happen. Oh, but along comes the scholarly people and say, well, if you put enough millions of years that it'll develop itself into something else. <laughs> no. God said that he created the earth in seven days, and that blows their minds. And then we were, what, 7,000 years afterwards? That's it. There's not billions of years down there and billions of years over here. Or we're believing in a different God, the God of education. That's what happens. I have a preacher that was preaching to high school students in the high school. He said a few years ago, right? And he said uh, about... Uh, how did, how did you word that now? Um, we're worshiping at the altar of education. Yeah, that's the way he worded it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, remember the four former things in Isaiah 46. Mm, excuse me. The former things of old. Uh, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. It's in Isaiah 46, verse 9. Jeremiah 25, and verse 6. And go not after other gods to serve them. Don't do that, is what this verse is saying in Jeremiah talking to the people. And to worship them, those other gods, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no harm. God is saying he is a jealous God. That's one of the commandments, right? I am a jealous God. Don't do this. Do you want to upset the Heavenly Father? Do you want to make him angry? In fact, I went over one time to uh, Arkansas or Worcester, Maybe it was Worcester. Yeah, it was probably Worcester. And my topic of the sermon was, uh, do you really want to make God mad? I'll show you how to do it. It's in the Bible. It says, if you do this, you're going to make me upset. In fact, in that chapter 11, what is there, 13 times in the one chapter that says that it is an abomination unto him. 
I do that and you'll make him mad, right? Wow. That's Leviticus 11. Okay, let's keep going. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, then Jesus said Jesus unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. No question. Satan, get out of here. Don't listen to Satan. And it's really weird. Satan tried to give to Jesus what he had created. That's ridiculous. If you just bow down to me, you know, I'll give you all of this that you see in front of me. <laughs> Jesus created it. It belonged to him in the first place. Okay. Um, in 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 4, as concerning, uh, therefore, the eating of those things which were offered in, uh, in sacrifice to, unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. That's covering two bases. One thing is people were taking meat from whatever animal. That's not the question right here yet. But they were figuring that if they offered it to an idol, that it had more um, goodness to it, more a blessing comes out of that food, um, sanctified that food. Uh, that's not true. We know that an idol can't do anything. That's what the verse says. Idol can't bless it or make harm out of it. It's not what... If the food was blessed by somebody else and, and they were thinking that that was important, then we should hold back because we don't believe in that idea. An idol cannot do blessings. So we hold back, we don't do anything. But also we've got a list that God already gave us. Yeah, that we should eat. Okay, uh, going on. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and verse 6, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom uh, are all things, we by, by him. Just a, another verse proving that the Heavenly Father is all in all, and his Son, Jesus Christ, is, is in there as well. Now, there's just a couple more verses here that I've just got some underlining and I won't want to catch them as a conclusion. Um, Ephesians 5.5, 5, For this we know, um, that no whoremonger or unclean person or covetous who is an adulterer shall have uh, any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. The whoremongers, the unclean persons, we, we just got to stay away from them. You can witness to them, but don't let their ways rub off on you. Don't learn their ways. Don't do their ways. Don't associate to the point where you're getting entangled in what they do. Stay away from that. Philippians 3 and verse 19 whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. That's enough of the verse, okay? Who is our God? What is our God? Is it our belly, what we satisfy ourselves with? Uh, it's a bad idea. We got a heavenly father that is jealous of our attentions. 
2 um, Corinthians chapter 18, let no man beguile you of your reward uh, in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intrude into those things which he hath not seen, vanity uh, puffed up by his fleshly mind. There's people that, that get some bit of knowledge and they start working it to some crazy advantage for themselves. They'd like to tell us that there's these uh, various peoples out there in space and one day they're going to come over here and they're going to be weird and they're going to have this kind of a... You know. <laughs> Don't you think God would have told us? Somewhere in the Bible, if there was something that was going to be extra creation or extra thing that God... Those things that they usually show in those weird programs are wild. Just, just strange. Does God make really goofy things? Well, there's a few animals we wonder about why he made them the way they are. <laughs> but, but God is a good God. He does things for a blessing, not a curse. His laws are good for us and his ways are good for us. There's one here in Job, pardon me, First uh, John. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding and that we may know him that is true and we are in him and that, and that is true. Even the son, his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. That's all in that same verse. So we know this, we know this. Do you ever go through and count all the times there's we know and you know in the book of 1 John? Wow. He's told us. He says, you know. And then the comeback would be we know. And you can go right down the list and find out what God requires and what is truth and righteousness. In Revelations, it says that there's... Uh, um, there fell at his feet to worship... And he said unto me, See thou do it not, not to worship even things that appear from the Heavenly Father, like an angel. Don't worship an angel. When I came here, it's been, wow, nigh on to 10 years ago, that a lady asked us to come out to her house because she was going to show us pictures. Well, there's something about angels. Well, anyway, we went out there. She was interested in the church. Her whole life was around angels. And that she wanted to teach us about worshiping angels. What, what have we got right here? Don't do that. You're not to worship angels. And most of the time they got them as, as nice little pretty women. And find them in the Bible. Find women angels in the Bible. Yeah, try. You're going to be pretty sad. There's one tiny hint, and I won't tell you where it is. You hunt it down. The rest of the angels were, were warriors. They were men and so on. Um, they weren't pretty little things that uh, did some good for somebody. We know that everybody has an angel too. And you're like, what? Yeah, there's one verse. So don't go too bad on that. Don't go too high on that. Remember Jesus said, their angels, he's talking about the children, their angels go before the Heavenly Father. Okay, 
I don't know exactly what that's all about, but I'm for it. <laughs> if we can have an angel of our own, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I could use it. <laughs> and the little children have it, so I'd imagine we all have angels that appear before the Heavenly Father. And uh, Revelations 22 and verse 9, Then saw he, said unto me, Thou, see thou do it not. This was when somebody was going to bow or pray or do something before an angel, before his fellow servant. See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of the brethren of prophets and of them which keep the saying of this book, worship God. There's a colon and then worship God. Don't worship anything other than the Heavenly Father. So that's all I have for today. I know you're glad. <laughs> um, we want to uh, be able to serve the Heavenly Father, to uh, find these verses that will tell us, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that this really means that. And we need to obey that rule, that law, because there's plenty of verses. So may God bless you as you search the Scriptures along with us all. God bless.